podcast today. It's been really cool learning about what you're building. Uh, the company's called Mental Happy, and I've just been learning here and there and seeing you on other shows and talking about something that's really, like, I wouldn't say controversial, but hard to talk about, which is, which is mental health and wellness and uh, your company's, you know, servicing, you know, a couple, like, upwards of 100,000 people I, I was reading or something like that. Um, just want to say, you know, yeah, welcome, awesome. welcome to the show, and it was just so amazing to have you here. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for having me, and thank you uh, for your patience before the show started. I'm really happy um, that all your listeners have tuned in, and happy to be here. Sweet. Uh, you know, how can we start? Like, um, so I mean, mental happy. Can you just give us the the, the tagline or your your explanation of it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, at Mental Happy, what we do is we make it easier for health professionals and wellness professionals to really run these um, safe online groups and uh, platforms for their members. Oh, cool. Uh, So say like I'm a potential member and I wanted to, you know, be a part of the platform. Uh, what, What kind of services, you know, go into that or um, is it, it's not exactly a therapist, right? It's, it's kind of like something else. Yeah. So the platform is online support groups. So for example, um, either a wellness coach or a licensed health professional would be the one facilitating the groups. And then, um, they would invite either their clients or their members to be a part of the groups. It's subscription based. So there would be a small monthly fee. Some of the groups are anything from as little as $5 a month to um, whatever the licensed professional wants to charge. And you get to really have community with people to chat, to hear from an expert on um, different life events that maybe you're experiencing and how to navigate it. Um, And then you also get encouragement from the other peer support group members that are in the platform as well. Is uh, my next question is, is this all done digitally or, you know, is there in-person aspects as well? Just knowing that last year everything was digital, right? Right. Everything (laughs) was not IRL. Um, Yeah. So the platform is online. We are available in both uh, iOS and Android. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, I guess I'd like to just learn about how you had this idea and you know, what, what catalyzed the, the, the whole creation of Mental Happy? Yeah, so Mental Happy really started just from my own personal life experience. I've actually been working with peer support groups since um, I was in high school. Um, and, you know, it's just always been something that's passionate of mine. I, I think it's really easy for people to feel alone and lonely Um, And it's also very easy for people to have a hard time navigating um, life's things when they're going through something. And um, when we started Mental Happy, we were really just running these um, peer support groups on another social media platform that we grew to over 100,000 some odd people. It became very difficult to like manage those groups, manage those platforms in terms of like security and not being trolled and things of that nature. So um, we just, we created this place where um, people can, can find more secure community, but also be led by experts. You want, you want to ask those, Ren? 
yeah, I was I was just curious. Um, with the mental health aspect, did you get any like backlash going into that field? Like, was it something that you were like already like predominantly like, oh, this is what I want to do, and kind of like, what was it, was it hard to like pass through like gates to, like get to where it is now, or could you could you like explain the journey a little bit? Yeah, so um, not really any backlash in terms of wanting to um, work in this space. It was pretty organic for us um, and all the founders on the team. Um, I think the the hardest part in the beginning was just that no one was really talking about mental health. It was just still this kind of um, taboo thing. This was like six years ago, right? It wasn't as hot and trending. There definitely weren't as many players in this space, and um, there weren't men really talking about it. And um, so I so I think we just kind of felt like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're doing this very this very new um, this new thing. So it's it's nice that the space is now welcomed by um, so many other people. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think like my like understanding of mental health. It's, it was like a word or a phrase that came about in like the pandemic for me. Or, I was trying to put two and two together, like mental health, like I know physical health, but mental health, is that such a thing? And then pandemic, like I started having you know, a little bit more anxiety and kind of just confused about life since uh, it was just so un, uh, like it was just uh, on a undescribable, <laughs> undescribable like sense of how the world was. But I t- tomorrow I just want to ask you, what, how do you how do you define mental health just for people who are you know confused or trying to understand it? Um, you know, I think mental, I think um, health in general, um, whether mental or physical, is um, oftentimes uh, a temporary state of being, and it's it's very fluid. It changes, right? Like it ebbs and flows. It gets better, maybe it gets worse, and it gets better again. Um, so it, it's something just, I tell people, it's just like any other exercise, right? You're constantly working to like maintain it. You're constantly working to um, achieve it. And it's oftentimes easier to do that just as you would with your physical health, right? Like you go to the gym every day, you work out. Um, there are th- small exercises that you can do um, throughout your life to exercise um, your mental health as well, where whether it's, you know, having um, conversations with people and exercising your boundaries with friends and family members, whether it's giving yourself those mental and emotional breaks when you need it, um, whether it's like journaling to kind of really get your thoughts out on paper. But there are these little micro um, activities that you can do every day to sustain you. And then in times of, um, you know, um, being mentally unwell, or even experiencing crises, you have this um, toolkit of things that you've um, you've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have to ask you a second question for that. Like, what do you think kind of brought mental health into the spotlight? Just since, you know, when I was 20, like, I guess two years ago, three years ago, I, I didn't really know this was a thing. And then nowadays, everyone I see on social media is saying, something about their mental health or resharing a post that they saw that they think could help somebody with their mental health. What do you think was, if there was an an event or anything like that, that shoved mental health into the the eyes of more people? I I don't know if there was one um, particular event, but I will say, um, I think, I think 
collectively as a society we're like pretty burnt out sure. right and i and i think it, uh, it's a couple of reasons i think current generations are a lot more vocal about like how they feel and we give ourselves a lot more permission than previous generations to express how we're feeling and the other is you know we see um things in in real time more than previous generations like you know we see what's happening with like climate change we see um social injustices in real time we see crimes against you know humanity as a whole in real time and i think that coupled with what we are experiencing in our own private individual lives it's a lot sure, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it's it's a lot for for anyone to take on mentally and emotionally so I, the shift is really just a collective kind of like being able to express how you're feeling, which is great. And two, just being really burnt out on the things that are, are happening within us and around us all at the same time. I, I completely agree with that. I feel like sometimes I have to like shut down social media just because there's so much at, <laughs> at a time. It, it can be like overload. It's just like, you know, sometimes you just want that like mental break in space. And it's like every event is constantly something that kind of puts you in like a stress mode or kind of like, you know, affects you mentally. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then imagine you have your own life things going on. Like you have work and you have a uh, family and, and then you hear that this very horrific thing um, happened, you know, a few States away from you down the street, you know, to your neighbor, whatever. Um, it, it, it can be really daunting. I, I, you know, Tamar, Tamar, you brought up a really excellent point where you were saying that this generation, the millennials or Gen X, Gen Z, they, they, they see things a lot more in real time as well as they also, uh, they're more expressive towards, I, I guess they have the option to be more expressive, right? Since they have, they have camera or they have phones and Twitter and, right. and all these things. Um, uh, you know, and me, I always think of this like in the back of my head, like what would it have been like to live, uh, you know, 10 years or be this age 10 years ago. Um, and I think there's like a drastic difference or a drastic difference. And, and that's hard, hard to explain. Um, although we do blame the tech industry or we do blame, um, I guess maybe society, right. But like, uh, I think, I think what I want to know, I just hear your thoughts on are how do you think mental health has like changed? Uh, if you were able to explain it 10 years ago or just the state of mental health, because it's a, it's a revolving, target it seems like yeah so 10 years ago i think there was um two extreme um two extreme pathways to to getting help right that they extreme in, in difference right it, it was and i remember this very vividly um it is either it is either you had the money to go see a therapist and pay $200 for 50 minutes, or you never saw a therapist, um, and you never saw any type of like one-on-one -on -one health treatment. I've even seen this in like my own family where you, you know, you didn't really seek treatment and you have like this, this crisis or this, ep this mental health episode and you go to the hospital and then the hospital transfers you to some type of behavioral, um, mental health facility. Right. And I think, the, the change now that we're seeing 
is that there are so many, fortunately, there are so many, along with mental happy, right, which is great, but there are so many other tools and steps long before you get to um, really maybe even needing to see a therapist one-on-one if you can't afford it. Um, And definitely, uh, you know, there's a hundred different tools, a thousand different tools between um, where you are experiencing something and ending up in some type of hospital or facility. Um, now that varies on a spectrum for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, right? Because there's chemical imbalance. You know, if you're sick and you and you really do need these facilities and you really do need, you know, a specialist, um, that those programs and those things exist, which is um, fantastic. They're needed. I'm not saying they're not needed, uh, but what I am seeing is a lot more people needing. Um, things along the way from that, right? Like safe spaces to communicate how they're feeling, what are some of the daily tools they could be using, um, and how do they navigate that? Gotcha. You, you want to say something, Brandon? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's, that's great, by the way. Um, I had a quick question about uh, with therapy. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I know with like my family, for instance, it's something that's very taboo and it's not talked about. Like, I'll talk to my parents and mental health is kind of more kind of hush hush. You don't really talk about it. You kind of just like deal with your problems on your own or like you're not really as expressive. And even with my, uh, my fiance's family, like she's Indian and her like mental health is also, I've noticed like something that's not really talked about at all. Like it's, it's more of just like something that's brushed under the rug or it's not like vocalized enough. So I was, I was curious in your opinion, how would you say you get rid of like that negative stigma of therapy and kind of like get the conversation started? Like, within your family if you want to be more vocal about it. Yeah, so um I'm I'm kind of the same in the same boat, right? Like my family is very Caribbean, West Indies, and um nobody talks about mental health. It's it's not not really a thing. Um I think the younger people in my family definitely talk about it, but the older people they're probably not gonna talk about it as much. Um and I, I, you know, I, I would say, you know, just accepting whatever generation that doesn't want to talk about it, like where they are, um, just because you don't have to take like a super righteous stance and, and, and really force somebody into something that may feel scary for them, because that's the reality, um, is that it feels scary, um, and it feels too vulnerable, um, but I, I, I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that, um, you know, you, you can't change these things overnight, right? You can't just go from never talking about something to, you know, now everybody is able to communicate and be vocal. I, I think it's giving people the permission um, to give themselves the permission to talk about it. Like, you know, hey, this is this is an uncomfortable thing. And. And if it escalates and it gets argumentative, maybe just kind of like let it go. But just saying like, hey, you know, I notice you've been, you know, acting, a, you know, differently from yourself or, you know, this thing has really happened or we lost someone and it's really tough. But just know like if you ever need someone to talk to or not talk to, maybe just sit next to and be <laughs> quiet, you know, that's a thing too, right? People just want to be in other people's company, but be quiet. Um, that's okay too. I think just letting people know that, you're there and that they have the permission to share if they want to. Gotcha. I like, I like that approach. Uh, hey, hey, Tim, I just want to ask you too, like, 
um, therapy and, you know, with guys, it's not just support groups, right? It's more like, uh, it's, I wouldn't want to say AA, but it's, it's, you know, something yeah, it's kind of like, like AA. it's kind of like AA. Yeah, it's kind of like AA. We started, we started with that premise, right? Like AA started, um, 80 years ago. It's been around a long time. Um, it has really surpassed, I think the, the, the therapy and the standards of AA really like surpass any type of efficacy, um, in like group therapy that there is out there. Like they meet the highest standards in terms of like rates of improvement, um, community helping people, uh, maintain their sobriety, uh, throughout the program. Compliance is a, is a big thing, right? Like you're accountable for yourself. Someone helps you be accountable. Um, and then you have a sense of community that you didn't have before. And we, we like, um, basing what we do at mental happy with that model. And it just started with two dudes who wanted to stop drinking, you know, and they would, um, go everywhere else, but the bar (laughs) and just be (laughs) together. Um, and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And, um, that's what we hope to foster at mental happy. It's just a place where people who understand each other can be, we've, we've taken that, um, that model to another level in two ways. One, we're enabled by technology. You know, you can have access to your peer support groups on your mobile phone, on your device, on your web, right. Uh, on your laptop. And we also get to another level by really having these support, these support groups led by expert facilitators. So someone, not only do you have like your peers to rely on for positive encouragement um, and, you know, advice, but you also have education and learning and resources um, from someone who's, who's been there. Yeah. You know, could you, could you mind, like, I guess, telling us a little bit about how uh, the people who are using mental happy are, are, uh, you know, uh, going, you know, how their experience has been just, uh, Yeah, there's a a couple of different paths. Um, We have some groups on the platform that are private, meaning they are just for the patients and clients of um, a professional or a licensed professional. We have some support groups that are what we call public on the platform, meaning they are still led by an expert, but they're open to anyone. Um, And those type of groups where it's open to anyone you can chat with your other peer support group members online. You have the freedom to ask anonymous questions to your group leader. Um, maybe you're just kind of shy about bringing up a, a raising a particular topic. So you can submit your question and your group leader can share it um, publicly, but no one would ever know um, it was you. And um, the support group leaders will host um, virtual group sessions. So, they can either be like weekly or bi-weekly or monthly. And that's just a, a date and time where everyone on the platform, if they can make it, um, will attend um, a group session and they can facilitate dialogue. Sometimes it's more, um, it could be more like learning workshoppy, right? Where the, where the leader is teaching people a particular life skill, a practice, a coping mechanism or something like that. So is it more kind of like a pick and choose that as you're doing it, you don't have to just kind of like see an expert like you can you can you know go into a group session you can you know go into a peer group you have like all these different options that you can kind of choose yeah so so in the group the groups themselves are run however the expert wants to run them we don't control how they run them some experts run their groups as cohorts so 
Um, maybe the, the group is open every six weeks or every eight weeks. And that's when they accept new members because that's how they teach people in the group. And then sometimes, um, they're just kind of freestyle, right? Like whatever people want to talk about, they're open to, um, discussing, but the group sessions are unique to their, their, um, they're part of all of the peer support groups. So um, you don't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily like join um, a group session without being part of that group. Gotcha. gotcha. Hey, Tim, I just want to ask you too, you know, Mental Happy is a, a YCVAC company, which, which means that, um, okay, uh, okay, so it means that there's a uh, tech and innovation back, you know, kind of company. Um, with that being said, like, uh, there's some obstacles for you, uh, as you know, you're creating this just, it never really comes to mind to make, a make a platform or, um, a company around this type of need in the market. Just, it's, it seems like we, we, we hardly hear about, uh, healthcare or this type of healthcare and, and solution that you guys have. Um, yeah, so we, we are a YC backed company. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think we've, I don't think we've experienced, um, a ton of hurdles. I, I think what it is in the, in the healthcare market is that, um, telehealth laws are changing so incredibly fast. Um, and that's what really creates like the hurdle and the, and the challenge sometimes is just that, um, you know, people are desperately needing these services. And um, obviously the government has to have like laws and regulations on telehealth. Um, but uh, tech moves so much faster than than government, right? Like it, it moves at the speed of light. So sometimes <laughs> government is having to like catch up to tech or tech is having to like undo everything that they do to um, stay compliant. Yeah, I was curious too because I. I'll go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're, you're, you kind of maybe lose my train of thought. What were you gonna say? My bad. <laughs> I was curious too, just because I have like an analytical background myself. I was curious. Um, what would you say are like the demographics with mental happy? Like, what do you see the most of that are, um, that sign up that kind of stay and are most responsive as far as like age group or like as far as gender? Yeah. Um. So gender is actually pretty fifty-fifty. Um, and that's something new that we were seeing. Um, it wasn't like that when we started, uh, like six years ago, it was very much flopped of like women, more women than men. Um, so it's great to see that that trend is changing, but, um, across all gender sectors, um, we're seeing the most of the demographic is like 30 above. Okay. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, how, just one, one, one thing in that, like, how do your users, uh, become users they don't need to be sold by a salesperson right they just sign up on the web no or? no fortunately yeah <laughs> um yeah you can just uh sign up online um at mentalhappy.com um they're also invited by the support group leaders themselves because um every group has like its own unique link um and the support group leaders really get the the autonomy to run um the groups as like their own business it could be their sole business, um, or it could be an extension of an existing practice. Many of them 
the reason why they do is because their practice is kind of like maxed out. They can't really see um, more people one-on-one, -on -one, but they want to offer more services. Um, so they'll offer the support group hey, go. online. So um, yeah, those are, and then um, if the group is public, if <laughs> someone's part of a support group, they can invite someone to join as well. Gotcha. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things Nita wanted us to, I guess, to try to have conversation about was, uh, you know, the, I guess the data behind peer support groups or how, how that actually does help, um, people with emotional struggles or, uh, yeah. internal struggles. Right? Yeah. And you know, the, the, the biggest thing about those numbers is that, um, it does reduce the rate of people needing to um, be hospitalized. Um, support hey, groups do go. reduce the rate of people really relying on even um, behavioral outpatient services. Um, and it, it, it does improve um, overall health, right? Not just people think it just improves like your mental health, but it improves overall, like your physical health and, and you know, it, whether it's like, how you sleep at night, how you eat, <laughs> all of those things. Um, once you have that sense of um, social social support, and um, you know it, it's what works. The work we're excited to be doing is really enabling this type of platform to exist, and you know the support group leaders who are offering um, really amazing rates to um, participate and you know speak to a professional um, in terms of like education, knowledge, experience, and tips and things of that nature. Uh, would you say that there's like a difference between how effective a group is in person versus, uh, you know, over what, you know, uh, what's it called? Digitally virtually. or virtually? Yeah. Virtually. Yeah. I, we don't have any data to support that, but, um, I do know that we live in a pretty digital world. Um, and I think, at least for me, I, I, I haven't really felt a difference when I'm in these group sessions. I think um, people share. I think sometimes it could probably be even a little easier, right, to, yeah. to share um, on a Zoom call than, like, face-to-face -face with someone, especially if you're a little shy. And we do um, give those um, members the opportunity to turn off their video if they want. Um, and, you know, you can't necessarily – be in a room and hide at the same time. But, um, in, in a virtual world, you, you could kind of, you know, um, turn off your camera until you, until you feel comfortable. Nice. I do that a lot as well too. Like I work from <laughs> home personally and <laughs> most of the time I'll have my camera off like during zoom meetings. I'm not feeling it. So I, I completely. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey Tamara, I just want to get to know, I guess you as an entrepreneur a little bit more, you know, entrepreneurship is definitely a very difficult route for anyone. And, it can it can be it can be emotionally strained for sure. Do you think that there are things that you are able to take away from you know having a mental health platform that you're able to incorporate into, I guess, an entrepreneur or a business owner? Or... Yeah, you know, I get asked this all the time. Um, <laughs> people are like, "How much of you know this stuff that you talk about that you actually do?" Um, and it didn't come from a place of like. Uh, not doing it. And once I got into doing mental happy or building mental happy, I started, you know, practicing yoga and meditation. I was doing those things before I still do those things, probably a little bit less being a parent and trying to juggle that. 
but I, you know, I still believe in these, what I call them, these little uh, instrumental or micro activities that you can do. Maybe you can't meditate 30 minutes a day, maybe, but you can meditate maybe five, three minutes. And that's helpful, right? Over time, three minutes a day, five minutes a day for every day for years, it, it really adds up. Um, maybe you are not really into yoga, but maybe you live somewhere nice and you can take a walk outside because it's usually pretty nice where you live. Maybe it's not nice where you live in terms of uh, weather, right? But um, whatever it is that you can do to create that little micro joy for yourself. Um, and I, I also try to get as much sleep as I can. Um, I know that's very that two things. One, it's kind of preached the opposite <laughs> in um, in running your own business, but it's. It's, it's just something that it's proven to make you much more productive of a person if you can get some rest. Um, sure. Some people preach 16-hour workdays. I just, you know, um, family-wise and just, yeah, just productivity-wise, I, I can't do 16-hour workdays. Yeah, gotta yeah. have that, that work-life balance. <laughs> Speaking of work-life balance, I have to, like, pick <laughs> up do, my little nugget. <laughs> you doing 2001? Because <laughs> he's, he's getting fussy. What's uh, his, your son's name, by the way? Uh, his name is Sire. Sire, nice. Nice to meet you, Sire. And he's like under a year? Yeah, and he loves looking at the screen. Yeah, he's four <laughs> months old. That's I'm so trying cool. to like protect him okay. protect him from screen time, but he loves screen time. Does <laughs> so he funny. jump in a lot of your videos, too? Like if you have to do Zooms? I, I notice like a lot of kids like, even my coworkers, like, oh yeah, all I've over seen the place. so <laughs> many. I've seen so many kids in, in like Zoom calls and, and meetings. This is his first podcast. Oh so. hey, hey. we got we can check it off the list now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's not, that's not interesting. I, I mean, I guess uh, one thing I want to know too is like, you know, was there something that inspired you to be an entrepreneur just since, or found this company just since? Um, it seems like. Or when did, when did you feel like this could be a company instead of just, you know, helping a couple people out that you knew or was there a moment in time? Um, I don't know. I guess I've, I've always liked the idea of, um, business. Even when I was like a little kid, I, I love the idea of, um, giving someone something and then giving me money for it. It's just always fascinated <laughs> me. Um, but with tech in general, I, I, I love building products that um, help solve things for people. I, it's really fun. It, it's, it's, it's nice to see how products evolve. It's nice to get, it's really great when I get like feedback from people on how they, they would make it better, what they like, what they don't like. I love that kind of like back and forth exchange and that evolvement of tech. Um, as far as like being an entrepreneur, I, I, I don't know. I kind of cliche, but I kind of feel like I was just born to do this. That, that's, that's an interesting argument. A lot of people say that, uh, if I were to ask you, like if entrepreneurship was made or born, you, you'd say born, right? But yeah, I'd say born. I, I, you know, I do appreciate, uh, entrepreneurship schools and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think you're just kind of, um, like you said, it, it's, it's such a ride. It's such a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think you're just cut out for it. Like, you know, some people are born singer and some people are, I don't that's think there's point. anything that point. esoteric about it. I don't think it's, right. you know, I don't think it's like this super 
exclusive, unique thing. I just think talents are talents, and everybody has something. Did you did you ever think that the company would reach this, I guess, level of growth? Or, no. you know, it's, it's Never. like, but what kept you going? Start right? off with like a, I know, you just kind of start off with like this teeny tiny idea, and then, I don't know, you just, you. I, I originally just wanted to help a couple of people. Um, I had no idea it was going to help a lot of people. Um, or that we'd get into like Y Combinator or, you know, stuff like that. Like it just, it just keeps blowing my mind like, every time it grows and expands. What do you think is making it grow? Just good marketing, good product, you know, I think the need? products make things. Yeah. I think need meets good product makes things grow. Um, you know, and just being willing to listen to your members and, and, and what they want or your users and, and what they want. Um, I think that's that's kind of like a good formula for growth. Yeah, yeah. I like you guys. Uh, I, I might have to sign up, you know. <laughs> um, Same here. I mean, you're selling it right now. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I mean, I know there's Calm and all that, like the, the what is it called, Calm and some other apps. I don't remember their names, but. Um, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of really great products in this space. Um, you know, m- mental health is, is such a personal journey that you, you just have to find the tool that, that helps you heal. You don't necessarily, I, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't preach one product over another. It doesn't make any sense. Um, healing happens in a lot of forms. Um, and the reality is there's just such a huge crisis, um, in not just the United States, like the world right now in terms of mental health, like all the products are needed. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think whatever helps you get there is what you should use and try, but definitely, um, a sense of like social support and community is also needed too. Yeah. The social support part is, I think, super interesting, fascinating just for what you guys do. Just, uh, I was reading a book called switch, um, and it was saying like motivate the tribe or the herd and, you know, you see somebody else doing it, then, then you're going to want to do it. And I think that society right. kind of functions in, in that way. Um, it does. But it really you're does. all alone, yeah. you're just, you know, living alone or in your city all by yourself. It's hard to build a tribe or get get support, but you guys kind of make that sometimes, like, make it uh, doable with uh, the platform. So it's, that's amazing. Um, a couple more questions here. Just uh, wanted to get to know from you. Or, um, uh, so people who, who use uh, Mental Happy, do you you know do you, have you been able to I guess get the feedback and see what they what what are some of the things that they've been saying compared to? Um, yeah, um, I don't know about uh, compared to other platforms, but um, you know, I, I, the, the biggest thing that we we hear about the platform is that. Um, some of the, the support groups aren't just for like anxiety or depression or any, you know, mental health illness specifically, they're more life event driven. And a lot of the feedback that we get are like, Oh my gosh, I've, I never thought I'd find, um, an, a support, a support group for like adult adoptees, right. That's just so, so niche and so unique, like people who were adopted as a kid now as um, adults, they have to kind of like unpack that. Or I never, I never thought I would, um, you know, find a group for grieving the loss of a pet, you know. Um, so, so I think people just are really surprised and pleased that 
there is a tribe of people who, who get them and who understand them. And, um, they're not as alone in the situation, no matter how unique it is, or they thought, um, originally. I definitely make, think it makes it easier too. when you can sympathize, like with your certain situation, there's always like, if there's that group to support you and say like, Hey, we've been through it too. Or like, we understand like the ebbs and flows. I, I definitely think that's that sense of community makes it easier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, tomorrow, I guess there's only a couple more things left to ask you here. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess one more thing, like in the Y, y Combinator, how do you, mm-hmm. a lot, you know, we had a couple, like maybe like seven people who did YC be on the podcast. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, just want to know, like, um, how do you think that changed the direction of the company? Doing, mm-hmm. getting funding and going through that. You know, I, I think, um, I don't think it, it didn't, I don't think it necessarily changed the direction of the company for us. Um, it definitely opened up a lot of doors, um, which was fantastic. Um, I, I can't say enough good thing about good things about YC, but, um, what's really amazing about YC is just a network of really brilliant people that, and then that ultimately um, can change things and move the needle for either you personally um, in your path as a, a founder and entrepreneur um, and, and maybe even, you know, your, your company, you just have like this, um, this really cool network of people that you can always rely on for like questions. Um, you can always uh, reach out to for resources because, um, you know, YC companies have amazing products that, you know, yeah. other companies can use as well. Well, I think, did, did you have all the skills to, to, I mean, create a company? Like, or, you know, like coding, design, marketing? It seems like there's, there's endless nest needs to be in a tool belt. <laughs> did you have all those things or, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not a software developer. Um, I, I do understand quite a bit about um, user experience. I'm always relearning. And, and continuously learning a lot about user experience. I, I think that's um, my genius and, and, and what excites me. Um, but I, I, I don't think you necessarily have to be the person to have all those skills. I think you just have to find and create a, a team of people who have the skills that you need to execute. And any tips for doing that? Just find and um, You know, it's two parts. It's like looking and then you'll find it. Right. Like if I think if you're looking for something, it's also looking for you, um, you know, just telling enough people what you're looking for and then making, connecting the dots from there. It's kind of like a destiny aspect or like speaking into existence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to do the work. Don't get me wrong, but um, (laughs) certainly if, certainly if you're looking for something, it's, it's definitely looking to be found. Gotcha. Well, Tamar, just three three more questions here. I promise. Um, what what do you think, or what have, what has been some of the I guess the feedback from people who've been investors in the company, or you know people you've raised money from? Like uh, some sometimes we have those conversations with um, getting funding for for uh, their their ideas. Um, just uh, yeah, our, has, you know our investors. Sorry. Our investors are great. I mean, I, you know, you're, you should love your investors and we do, (laughs) um, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about them. So many of them supported us like very early on. Um, 
and are very helpful in connecting resources for us, answering questions anytime. Um, and some just, you know, they don't have much to offer other than money, which is fine too. Um, I think what you need from that investor, if they're able to provide it and they're willing to, to help you in any way they can, um, is, is what's important. Gotcha. And Brandon, you want to say something? Um, I was just curious too, with, uh, just like you guys are both entrepreneurs and I kind of respect that courage ability and everything you guys do. What would, what advice would you give to like somebody that's looking to pursue that? I know that you guys mentioned before, it's something that you're born with, but if you see it and it's kind of like something that you're passionate about and you want to get into kind of what advice would you give to someone? Um, I would say maybe check out startup school. Um, they're really great with helping people kind of navigate that YC startup school. Um, and, uh, I would say start with something that solves a problem for you first. Um, and then see, does it solve a problem for maybe 10 more people? Um, and then just kind of see if it keeps growing from there. I think if you, if you find something that you enjoy doing first, it makes it easier and easier. Um, yeah, that, that would be kind of like my best advice. Gotcha. Well, only two more questions to ask here. Uh, so tomorrow, what just want to hear from you, like if uh, you had to put into words your your mindset towards creating mental happy and taking it from where it is now, um, what would you say your startup mindset is? My startup mindset, um, I would say my startup mindset would just be resilience. Um, For sure. You know, it just you're you're gonna go through so many so many things um, and just knowing that you're a human being that has already survived so many things, right? Like if you're 20, you've survived so many other things. If you're 30, if you're 40, if you're, you know, if you're still breathing, <laughs> you've survived a lot of things, <laughs> seen, probably seen and unseen. Um, and yeah, I, I would say my, my day-to-day -day startup mindset is just giving myself grace and just knowing that no matter what happened in the day or the season or the year, I'm, I'm, I'm resilient. Nice. Uh, one or two more things here. Um, what do you think you'd be doing if, if you weren't doing mental happy? You never got the idea or that's a big <laughs> Maybe another startup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Okay. That was about it. Um, I was going to say, uh, oh, I, I, I kind of want to have kids one day. <laughs> Aww, Same, that's Well, yeah, tomorrow, just want to, you know, last part here is how can people who listen to the show or, um, you know, are interested in mental happy, how can they uh, become, uh, you know, more aware and find out what you guys do more? Yeah, so um, you can find us um, on all the social media platforms, just Mental Happy is our name, and our website is um, mentalhappy.com. Nice. That, that does it for episode 64, and uh, thank you for the time today. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you definitely. Yeah. Oops. Uh, let me click something. Hey, Papa.